Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast where we are ready to discuss the magical form of the Red and White Wizards. Our best run of successive league wins since that Premier League Great Escape under Gus Poyet in 2014. I'm Stephen Goldsmith. He is... Having a drink. <laughs> Gareth Barker and that. And Nick Barnes, BBC commentator for Sunderland, is with us as well. Back with us in possibly about the fifth different location we've recorded this show. It could well be. Been a few, well haven't be, we? And none have been as salubrious as this. <laughs> it's a delight, isn't it? It's an absolute pleasure. You've never been offered a beer before. Um, when we've been at Sun FM or the I've uni. Been or... beer. I've got pictures of the lakes. I'm assuming that's a lake. It is, actually. Can you, do you know where it is? Um, well, that's a good question. Just see a window, One of them might well be Wasswater. No. One of them, is that the river up near Oldswater, Glen Ridding? Not, not Glen Ridding, the other end, top end. Well, Pooley Bridge. That is Oz Water on the left, mm-hmm. and that is uh, Aria Force. Ah, Aero Force. Ah, Fantastic one, radio, yeah, yeah. of course. There you go. For the people who Are can't you see what you're discussing. Uh, um, lots to go through tonight. A win, another clean sheet, some individual performances we want to talk about. We asked the question on Twitter and did a poll if it's an issue how many people appear to be leaving the ground early. Um, paint your wagon got played at the end of the game is it a year or is it a near and we'll look at some questions you've asked us on Twitter as well Nick within touching distance of the league leaders now with the game in hand it's going alright isn't it I think it's going fabulously Um, I think it's probably going better than I dared hope at the start of the season I mean when people were talking in the summer about what would your hopes for this season be I thought well look if, if if they're in the playoffs that's going to be a, a, a real bonus with the changes that are being made at the club the new players coming in new manager wholesale changes um, and I, I thought that you know top six is what you'd aim for but to be now in the top three and I think I keep on going back to last season looking at Blackburn they got into the top three at the end of November um, and they stayed there basically and then got up into second place they were top for a couple of weeks but then dropped back to second um, and so I would be modelling Sunderland's trajectory on Blackburn last season and they are really a month and a half roughly ahead of where Blackburn were last year and Blackburn went up automatically. I, I honestly think with everything I'm seeing at the minute and with 
um, players to come back from injury, players to, to to come possibly in in January and one or two. I I think Sunderland will go up. I'm bravely saying now automatically. It, well, it doesn't even look like we've clicked yet, does no. it? Well, that's a thing. Yeah. But we are. Yeah. I think we have in some respects. I know people keep saying about what define clicking. What is that beating every team five nil? I mean, I think we have clicked. Um, in in some aspects of what we're doing, I mean, it's not perfect, but like other, t- I thought Southend were the most well organised team we've played Get this well. season. Mm-hmm. Um, just didn't have lacked a bit of quality in 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 creation of chances. Maybe not so much. I mean, they probably didn't even lack the quality. They're probably just League One quality. That's a difference. Well, isn't Simon it? because you Simon see, Cox has played what, Republic of Ireland, played in the Premier League, uh, First Bromwich Albion, played in the Championship, not in Forest. So he's a you know, seasoned. He, played, he was good, yeah. Well, I just looked at all the teams. I mean, I said to Jack Ross the other week about the teams that he's played. He played 13, well, now 14, 15 teams this season. Um, you know, do you, what, what's the general impression of the standard? And I, you know, I, I've looked at all those teams and some of them only lost to one of them. And that, that afternoon at Burton was a curious afternoon mm. for lots of reasons. And, and I think Jack would be the first to admit he probably got his tactics wrong that day and the team wrong that day. And that's a rare afternoon of mistakes. Other than that, he's pretty much got the team right. He's got um, a team that is, I wouldn't say it's necessarily well-oiled at the minute, because I, I, I agree, I don't think at times, and you know, they're not playing necessarily that well, but they're doing their jobs. They're keeping clean sheets now, scoring goals. They're very, very resilient. And I come back to, they've lost one game in 15, that, that, you know, in a way tells its own story I felt we played differently the weekend I felt we almost played a little bit on the break we, we've not really played like that this season it felt as though we're definitely sharp when when the opportunities came um, and especially the third goal I think sir well I, th- I think I think the that. last half an hour perhaps even more than that they were playing in second gear Just didn't, yeah. there was suddenly a, a feeling about the game they weren't going to lose it hmm. they probably weren't going to concede a goal and they were starting to knock the ball around sweetly, and at South End to me looked as though their heads had dropped. dropped I, yeah. I, I really think they felt that they weren't going to get back in the game when they were desperate for it to finish. I mean, I don't think Sunderland have had the. I mean, we can as supporters who watch every week and all. I think it's fair, you know, we can talk about and debate the wider issues around it all and a bit more in depth. From a wider perspective, I don't think Sunderland have had anywhere near the credit that they should have been given for, for where they are. And I don't know if it's just because it's an, there's an expectation that we should just go up and there's the budget and all that, but you know, it's it's been a massive transition across well, the, across the board. Well, it, it's and interesting we, you say that because I spoke to the um, commentators from BBC Essex after the game, and there was a sort of um, simmering resentment, if you like that their attitude was, well, they felt Southend had been kicked off the park. And I was sort of looked a bit askance at that. I was thinking, well, I don't remember seeing a dirty game. I mean, what was it, two bookings in the game or mm-hmm. something? I mean, compared to Doncaster on the Tuesday night, which was fight night, I, mean, I thought, <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't a dirty game. It was it was played, you know, not even at full tilt. I didn't really feel it was a very physical it game. Get, it, it just didn't get good. I didn't, didn't think the game really got going. No, no. And the, but then they were saying, well, you know, they'd expect Sunderland to, to be winning these games. They've got a, a wage, huge wage bill. They're a big club. And I'm thinking, and there is this perception away from Sunderland still that, that Sunderland are carrying a wage bill of £60 million and they're full of Premier League players, and uh, which is, 
discredit to Sunderland, really, because when you look at that team and you look at the players they brought in, and it is a wholly new team, even with the likes of Honeyman, Gooch, and the youngsters that have come through this season, like Denver Hume, none of them were playing regularly apart from Honeyman and Gooch last season. And they've been blooded into the team as well. And, and, and it has been. Jack Ross has built a, a, a completely new team. I think, and, and also, not, not just... It's the first time where we've had it where, well, the manager's changed before, but the coaching staff have been the same. The owner's been the same. Everything's changed. The ownership's it, it, changed. It's massive change. The coaching change. staff's changed. The, the director of the academy's changed. Everything's changed. You, you can't underestimate that. And I mean, that's why I was saying before the season started... You'd think, yeah, if they finish in the top six, that would be that would be an achievement because that change has been quite seismic. I mean, I just got heartened in pre-season, which seems a long, long time ago now. But every game that Sunderland played in the pre-season, they got better. Every match was better than the last. And I think the same is happening now in the league season. Every time they go out, I think they're getting better. And I think the last, you know, you look at the last three away games, the way they saw the game out of Bradford the way they took control of the game at Shrewsbury, the way they actually had control of the game against South End, they've got better and better. Mm. I mean, on that, um, we, we, we had the scoring part right all season. We're the only side outside the Premier League who scored in every game this season, and obviously the Premier League are a few games behind Sunderland. It was the keeping clean sheets they couldn't do. Suddenly, you mentioned Bradford there. Yes, it wasn't a clean sheet, but they hung on with 10 men, and then three clean sheets in a row yeah. since then. So once those two things collaborate... There's only one direction you're going to move well, in. Well, and I think people were... I mean, Jack Ross got quite animated and has been getting quite animated about the criticism of his defence because he was getting a lot of criticism. People were saying, you've got to stop conceding goals from set pieces. You've got to stop conceding goals. And he's quite validly made the point that going into the weekend, Sunderland had the second best defence in the league. I mean, only two other teams had conceded the same number of goals. That was Portsmouth and bizarrely Bristol Rovers. Now, Bristol Rovers are at the wrong end of the I'm table, the bottom, but they can't right? score goals. Yeah. They just cannot score, but they're not conceding goals. Now, Blackpool, the other team, who until the weekend had only conceded nine goals, well, they shipped three at the weekend. So they're, back, they're up to 12 goals conceded now. So Sunderland's defence, Jack Ross is absolutely right, is one of the best in the league. Well, it was just, well it was just the one rather than like conceding a few at a time. Um, and just mentioning that the... the, the the difference between Sunderland and Southend and we punish them for their mistakes but but that's what good teams do the higher up the league that's more you see think of how many times in the past you've been commentating on a game and, and Sunderland are at Chelsea or they're at Man City and they play well and then suddenly uh, a little bit of a mistake the other team score and you've probably come up with something like well if you give a team of this calibre that opportunity you're going to get punished well but, uh, it's funny you should say that because it's, it's always been Benno's um, sort of one of his mantras in a game is and certainly last season was a prime, probably a prime example of it was last season, that they were in the game for 20, 25 minutes and didn't take their chances. And then teams were punishing them. I mean, you, you know, there's, there's an element of that in this, in this league, but I think you know, the quality is a lot, lot lower. Um, but certainly in the Championship and critically in the Premier League, if you don't take your chances, you will be punished. And Sunderland were suffering from that badly last year. Um, and, and not then helped by the fact they had you know a calamitous goalkeeping situation, <laughs> which led to a calamitous defensive situation. And that's a funny thing, isn't it? When you're on the re- on the receiving end of that, the critic in you goes, "Well, we didn't take our chances and we deserved it because it, it's all very well talking about ifs and buts." And this season, it's like, well, you know, we have won three 0 but this happened, and if this could that could have happened, this could have happened, they could have had a penalty. All this, it's like, well, if it was the other way around, you wouldn't be looking at it that way. And the bottom line is, 
15 games. We've got a game in hand. We've we've lost one game this I, season. I, it, you can't. There's nothing to complain it, about. It's, it, I think that's the bottom line, isn't it? I mean, you've just said it before. You know about we can we've, we're watching every game and we can debate every game. But what? How much of a debate is there to have? Because it's a team that's lost one game. They're sitting comfortably in third place with that game in hand, which would take them if they won it into second place. And there's nothing to. I mean, okay, it's Blackburn. We just talked about the fact they don't concede many goals. But you, you just feel so optimistic about the way, the direction the team's going, that you know the, the debate almost becomes it almost becomes talking about the minutiae of things because that there's nothing else to talk about because the team itself is doing so. I mean, well. we talk about lots of good things. I mean, should probably mention Mickey who's going to do the show tonight, but then couldn't. Made a point about <clears throat> is our defence. Well, you've kind of covered it off with the Jack, Josh Ross's comments, but his his suggestion was, is the defence actually so much better? Or has John McLaughlin just kind of hit a bit of a seam of form where he's... Because you look at the chances at Doncaster, you look at the chances at the weekend that they had, well, we could he, have conceded. He, he clearly but, made some fantastic saves that kept them in the game. Um, that's not to say they still wouldn't have gone on to win it. But I think the other aspect is you've got Baldwin and Flanagan now playing together. And I don't think there's any... I think there is a correlation between the clean sheets so, and, and those two coming together and, and starting James to look like well. a partnership. I mean, James, James has, has done really excellent. well. Yeah. Um, you keep it... Because because last season's goalkeeping situation was so bad, like, unbelievably bad. Like, you just couldn't fathom what was happening, could you? So, because of that, you know, it's almost to an extent uh, overplaying sometimes, I think, what the keeper's doing. Because your keeper... A professional goalkeeper should be making a couple of good saves every game. South End's keeper made a good save after about two minutes of the game, mm. um, where yeah, from, from he, yeah, 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 so there was a header. It was going from Sinclair, and it was going in. Yeah. And had the keeper not saved that, nobody would have put that down to a keeping error. So, and every game you can look at their keeper and say, "Well, he's made a good save." That that's supposed to happen. That's what your goalkeeper's there for, and that's why he's a professional or an international because they make two or three noticeable saves every game. But last season, we, we, we the keepers weren't weren't making any. So it, it's it's I don't want to say I don't want to sound like I'm doing I'm down by saying yeah, it's overstating it, but I think it's just it's something we're noticing more. He's I do got, I just do wonder I, if we'd had a semi-competent keeper last well, year. Well, I think strange because last season, I mean, we we do castigate quite rightly the keepers last season because they were horrendous. I mean, there's no question. I mean, we do forget. I mean, there were games when, you know, whichever keeper it might be, Lee Camp towards the end did make some good saves. I remember there were games and he did pull off some good saves, but they get lost because generally the greater percentage of the, the goalkeeping was so poor. And the, and, and the problem was the goalkeeping was so poor from each of the keepers that it, it, it was sort of it rubbed off on the players in front. They had no confidence in the keeper behind them. And in themselves, because they were getting, you know, conceding goals left, right, and centre, and that, and it, that, in the end, became a bandwagon. It, it, it couldn't, they couldn't halt it. They couldn't stop it. I remember, you only, you only had to go back to September at Ipswich and that five-two game. I remember after that game saying this team has got relegation written all over it, and that was September. You could see then they were a team just in bits. We had them on the ropes at four-two though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some people might not remember that <laughs> yeah. reference. If you've forgotten it, then you know, fair enough. And then the, the Jason Steele. Uh, so we were losing four two, and, and then Grayson said, "Well, we had them." On, he said, yeah. "We had them on the ropes." 
We were 4-2 down. <laughs> yeah. Did we end up losing 5-2 or something? Yeah, it was like Jason Steele when he did that bizarre, like when he took it around, he took it around and he just kind of like jumped in the air like a I liked McCar- Mick McCarthy obviously was Ipswich's manager at the end of the game. Didn't he say something like, well, that, that, they were saying, so how come you've scored five tonight, Mick? He was like, well, it's nothing to do with me. I don't know how that's happened. And I just thought then that was a billion and almost just to say, I've got no idea. that you Well, know. didn't he complain though, that uh, typical Mick, that um, the press, all you want to know about is the two we conceded. Typical, isn't it? Score five, and all you're worried about is the two we conceded. <laughs> I bet they're regretting getting rid of him now. Careful um, what you wish for. Exactly. Some individual performances, Chris Maguire again, uh, and his goal. I mean, that's gonna. I was sitting behind the goal, I was right behind that one, that's flew in the top corner. I think it was better and, than the Burton goal, thinking about I mean, it's ironic that he won the goal of the month for the Burton goal on Saturday, or Friday, Saturday. I think that goal on Saturday yeah. was even better. He sort of hit it from kind of underneath. He knew so, as soon as the defender passed but, it to him. And the space he was in, he, he only had one thing in his well, mind. Under, he was under. He had a lot more space against Burton. He got a strike away. He had a but defender on his shoulder um, when he got the shot away. It was such a sweet shot. I mean, mm-hmm. the other thing about Aguirre, it's sort of made up from trying to score from the halfway line every match. <laughs> he hasn't done that <laughs> got, got that out of his system we tried the other night. <laughs> but that's going to... Speaking as a fan and just removing yourself from talking about this game uh, from a tactical point of view or anything, as a fan, that goal is going to be one you can remember in 10 years' oh, time, in 20 years' time. Like, we think about some of the goals, like Carlos Edwards' strike in the top corner, Daryl Murphy scored one against Wigan. I think the difference of those two were big, important games where they were really tense at the time, so they, they carry a little bit more weight uh, in that respect. But this will be one. If Sunderland, if it goes to plan, and Sunderland get promoted this season, we have a title-winning season, people will remember it, like they remembered the third-division title-winning side in 87, 88, and people will say, remember Chris Maguire's goal against Southend. I think that's, that, a, big, that's a nice uh, thing. Yeah, and it? I think that's a big thing this season. Um, Pete Sixsmith, and everyone will know, I think, who Pete Sixsmith yeah, yeah. is, made a comment last week. He said, going to Shrewsbury that day, I loved it. I had a really good day out. It was a really good game. Won the game. Smashing. Fantastic. But I don't want to come back here next season. And I think that's this season's going to be that. Everyone's going to have a fantastic season. They're going to love every game, especially the away games because there's such an atmosphere now at the away games and Sunderland should go up and it will become a season that everybody just looks back with a huge amount of affection but as you say they'll remember key moments they'll remember going to Accrington Stanley they'll remember going, remember going to Plymouth Argyle they'll remember going to AFC Wimbledon and there and, and, and there will be a very affectionate memory of um, the, 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 the year hopefully Sunderland scoring goals people have talked about it, have been talking about, about the, yeah. the year that Sunderland turned, turned that ship around and, and, and you know that hopefully this is the season that starts them back you know on well, that we, we aren't being overconfident here either are we because it's, it's you know it's not quite November yet and we just well, talk like we've won the league I, I, think, no, it's pra- nothing, I think it's, pra- I think it's nothing pragmatic yeah there's nothing that third. we've seen that indicates there's going to be I, I, a, any decline you get a, you get a, exactly now. you get a gut I think you sometimes get a gut feeling like I said about knowing in September at Ipswich that was a team that's probably going to be pretty much likely to go down the same by the same token watching the, the team now and watching the games I, there's, there's nothing has been suggested to me that they're not going to go back up, and and all I and saying before every game I think they're getting better. I think they are as a team getting yeah. stronger. I think that's that's whatever people think about they've clicked or they haven't clicked. You can see they're, they're stronger as a unit, and that's come through consistency of certainly players at the back. Um, and if somebody was 
you know, if you were a Portsmouth fan or something like that, and you were like looking at the situation, and then Sunderland signed Duncan Watmore in in January, you'd be going, "Oh, that's a good signing." Well, we've got him, and he's coming back well, before January. And there's Wyke to come. Wyke's to come back. back. Leuven's to come back. Leuven's Powers to come, back. to come back. And I think, um, I mean, let's not forget, you know, Denver Hume. I think he's yeah. when when he came in at left back. Acquitted himself really, really well, yeah. and so you've got you know and you've got Reese James right playing well, well there, you've got it? Hume playing well there, and you can play the right. So you know you, I mean I know Jack Ross is worried about in, in terms of um, talk about transfers in January. He is sort of slightly the caveat to it all is he's slightly worried about the size of the squad. He doesn't want the squad to be too big because then it becomes unmanageable in one sense. But but I don't see that happening. I do see. It'll get to January, and they probably will offload one or two of the the high earners, and that that's, that the squad will maintain the, the equilibrium it's got at the minute. I mean, I, I would be. I've got a, a question here about. Um, well, we asked a, somebody's asked a question about uh, January. I'll try and find it here as I'm talking. While while um, we will fill for Gareth trying to <laughs> try to scroll through no, his Twitter no, no, um, on individual performances, and this links in, I think, to the squad, the players clicking. I want to. A mention for Luke O'Nine as well, who looked so far out of his depth in the first few games. I know that goals obviously helped him, but even his substitute appearance at the weekend, um, he just he was taking up good positions. There was a calmness to his game. He didn't look out of place at all. And that, you know. no, I, I've been, I've been, been impressed with him the last few games because I think he looks strong as well. He looks like a mm. strong player. He doesn't you know he's, he's, he's sort of striding through defences. And it's interesting that he's being brought on later in games and he's being pushed further forwards you know and he's and he's um which is what we were told we were which, signing which, somebody yeah, gets and something and you know you were absolutely right i remember that game against charlton when he came on and, and he just looked like a fish out of water completely he didn't just seem to be drowning and when you know we talked to jack ross about him he said look it, it will take him a little bit of time because he's got to adjust you know it's quite a big adjustment for him to make from playing league two at wickham into playing the systems we're playing here but I mean, this is where Jack Ross, I think, has is, is been so... You're just another facet of Jack Ross's management is so far-sighted. I mean, he, he, you know, right at the start, he never worried about Onion. He, he never was never concerned that he'd signed a player that was going to struggle. He said, in time, Onion will find his form, he'll find his feet. He's been absolutely right. I mean, those last couple of games, he's just starting to look like a player now that you'd have no hesitation... If, if it was named in the starting lineup, you wouldn't worry about that at all. Mm. You feel he'd t- take that in his stride I mean, now. And I think we can all have our hands up on that because we were, we were critical. But well, uh, I I know, know, no, but, but at the end, at the end of the day, right, of course right, it is. What's all we for, isn't it? Exactly. But at the, the at the end of the day as well, there's a difference at times between a player looking like they need to get up to speed, like Charlie Wyke, for example. <clears> as as much as you could see, he hasn't <clears> really had the the match sharpness, the match fitness. It's not a concern of mine at all that he's going to eventually come good and he's going to he's going to do all. And right. I think he'll be given he'll have the time in this team to come good. Mm. I think that's a little bit like Dylan McGeoch, who we all saw in pre season and thought he was fantastic and just hadn't then hit the ground running mm. because of the injury. Yeah, but and again, he's now and, starting to and we and we've cut and we said he's been averaging some games, but I think again, I think he's McGeoch will be an important player come yeah. the end of the season because he's got that quality just retaining possession with all nine. In, in not just hours because it was the same way everybody you spoke to in all the pubs and stuff he looked so far out of place sometimes you can just we, we've seen signings over the years um, and you think nah they're, 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 they just haven't got it so hopefully it's the start of him if yeah I, th- I think 
you know, agree with you at the start. It just looked like a bit like rabbit caught in headlights. It did. It, I mean, I think the first game, you know, playing in front of thirty thousand, the whole atmosphere that probably scared him a bit, got to him a bit early doors, um, and then you never know, really sort of had an opportunity, if you like, to to find his way. But I think these last this last month, he's certainly. I mean, and you were never, you could never criticise his his enthusiasm. His, 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 he's absolutely loving it here. He's absolutely thrilled to be here he want you know he, he understands why he's not getting to start games he's happy to bide his time um he's doing all the thing he's doing everything right i just think you know he's i don't think earlier in the season we had a conversation about all the signings that were made in the summer i don't think jack ross has made one bad signing this summer even Ozturk, who looked appalling at the start when he's come on recently has done a job he's there to do a job and he's doing it so you can't say because even jack ross all managers say well, when you're buying 12 players, 13 players, you're going to have one, you know, you're going to make a mistake. I don't think in the players they brought in this season, and okay, the jury might be a little bit out on Charlie White at the minute because he's just not seen enough of him. I don't think they've made a mistake in any of them. Did you find your tweet? I have, yeah, okay. on the question. Um, it was on, so I came out of the game on Saturday, I was saying to me, Dad, like, I, don't, I just felt as though I don't really need to buy anybody in January because the players have got, like the size of the squad, the players have got coming back. Um, had a tweet from Alex Campbell who said a great start of the season loving the new vibe but the squad needs strengthening what places do you think we should focus on he's suggested two strikers a creative centre midfielder so a 10 and two centre backs so he's trying to buy he wants to buy five players in January well I'm, now he's saying do you have any, any ideas at this level um, I mean personally I'll, it's difficult based on you know watching four months of football at this level because it's not reasonable. And we didn't really know a lot about the players we'd signed. Uh, Chris McGuire, I I work with a very fan and I I remind him every single day, going, that's it, man, the match again, another blighter again, and he gets genuinely angry about it uh, because he was so bad for them last season. I think the the Maguire situation is he's a player that if he's happy, you have a good player. If he's not happy, which he wasn't at Bury, you're not going to get anything out of him because his mind is gone, he's not interested and I had a long conversation actually with Lee Clark about him the other week because Lee was the manager. He was his manager at Bury, and and there was all sorts of issues. His family living in Aberdeen, um, you know, it wasn't settling in at Bury, and and then you had to get into his head, and and it just wasn't going to happen, and it, and it didn't happen for him. But you talk to Oxford fans, and you, and obviously Sunderland fans, and you're seeing the Maguire that probably we know, you know, is is more than capable of playing in the Championship but has never maintained the sort of steady career in the championship because of those issues that ro- arose at, at Bury. Mm-hmm. Well, have a look at some... But going back some... to Gareth's, that tweet about play, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any need to get any centre-backs in. I would, if, if I was looking at that squad, I'd think, right, do we need a striker? I think you could argue long-term for centre-back because Luke is the age of Leuven. Because of Leuven, but I think at the minute with, with Baldwin, Flanagan, Leuven's, Ozturk, you've got, got four players that can play there. Um, I mean, to be honest, and even Denver Hume could probably put in a shift there if, if, if you know, if he had to. He's got a bit of height. My, my, my bigger concern, actually, in January would probably be Adam Matthews at right back. If they are looking to move players out, I'd have thought Matthews may be one of the players that would be moved He'd, on. He was one else in January. I would, I'm sorry, in the summer, I would have thought about bringing a right back in and just not because it was like well Donald Love's not great yeah and I think they need cover there well I, would, I wouldn't I would say we need cover 
Like my point was, we should be bringing somebody in who can challenge or is better than well, Matthews. But that, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I think that might become an issue in January. You always know you're in a good place if a right back is, is a position yeah. where you think, well, maybe that's a position we could improve on because all the key positions are well, you're well stocked. I mean, his gamble, his gamble on the forward has paid off, hasn't it? Because Josh Madges scores nine in fifteen, and he's been on the bench last and couple he's of been games. On the bench well, and, and, the and on top of that. Really, you, yeah. you, the issue is as well, not just the forwards, the midfielders are scoring goals again. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is again, it takes pressure off your strikers. It takes pressure off you having to bring in... A, look at last season, when you were so reliant on grabbing. Take grabbing out of the equation, nobody's getting goals. You take any of the strikers out of the situation this season, and Catamol's scoring goals, and Nyan's popped up with a goal, Maguire's scoring goals. You're getting goals. So it, it, I, I don't think it's a major issue in yeah. terms of getting a striker in, especially when you've got... What more and white to I come? Think the only midfielder hasn't scored is Miguel, isn't it? I think the ball. But scored. I think you know, but, it, but he's not been playing the games, mm. and I think um, I, that was the only area that maybe I would think. Do you need someone, someone, a, a big central midfielder who's got a, a presence? I think Power offers the presence but if, if he can keep his. Yeah, when yeah. we well, the bizarre thing about that though is he never. Never shown that in his career before he's got here. No, so it's be a, strange. Yeah, uh, yeah. A um, we'll have a break, and then when we come back. We'll uh, look at some of your tweets and we'll um, have a quick discussion on the the leaving early situation. Brush over it. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, we are going to have a look at some of your tweets now. Um, something Charlie you, Methon... You, you started this, Stephen, the beat. You I only asked, I asked because it's not beef. I, I didn't give an opinion know, on but it. but it becomes... I asked a, qu- a question asked like a that question. quickly, be, it that's, becomes well, that's, beef. That's interesting, something that splits opinion. That's what you want, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah? Just sounds like you're mourning because there's nothing I'm else not mourning, to mourning. I asked a question, actually. Um, and that was because it looks like a lot of fans are leaving. The only reason I asked that question is because there was a lot of reaction to it. Um, so we did a Twitter you poll. Asked a question oh, a lot's leaving early because I got the impression this season there's nothing like past season. No, it's not. It's not. I think we've. Firstly, um, I don't even have to defend myself. Like I, I was saying, it was an issue anyway. Um, basically, we said fans that seem to leave the ground early in big numbers. Is this an issue? So it was a question. Um, nearly nineteen hundred people voted. To be fair, and that's more than most polls we put out. So people are people do have an opinion on it. Yes, sixty six percent, no thirty four percent. Very split when it comes to the comments and, and people commenting on this. Graham Lawton, people are taking this matter far too seriously. If they want to leave, it's up to them. Um, Dave Rostron sat watching injury time, thinking how crap it must feel for the players to give their all in an impressive victory to walk off the pitch to a near empty stadium. Gavin Green, speaking. I think to that I think just jumping in there. I think that's a. I think that is a valid point. I think when everyone's come on board this season and it's a change of heart and everyone's enjoying it and everyone's got the atmosphere is different. 
I think there is a, a point there where there's teams giving everything. They've lost one game and it must be disheartening for the players to suddenly at the end of the game come to thank everybody and find that there's nobody there. I, I mean, not that there isn't anybody there because I don't think, as I said before, the numbers leaving mm. that, are that, as great as they have been in the past. Merely, but I do think that's a... That's merely behind why I asked it. Tom Albright said that. I don't think it's a question of staying on for ages beyond full-time, but at least staying till full-time. There's a total change in culture going on and it's something we should be doing uh, when we're at our low points. Um, and then again, you know, but somebody else, Glenn Cardi, saying it must get to the players. Uh, Ian Marwood saying it's been going on since Peter Reid was manager. Um, but plenty of people as well. John Garrigan have one saying, you know, you, you're paying your money, you can leave when you want. The thing is, we, we've always... Saying, defend- it, saying it's been going on since Pete Reid was manager, it's been culturally, in England, people do it. I'm sure people have read or seen the film Fever Pitch. I'll not reference a book, I'll reference a film. But right at the start, he goes to the match with his dad. It's the first time he's been in the, the game, goes to Arsenal and the winning. And he goes, right, let's go. His dad, he's like, well, what do you mean we're going? He was like, no, nothing will happen now. We've got to beat the traffic. So that's a, that's a cultural reference for him in that book. That is obviously yet, so memorable. Away that games. It ha- it happens. That's what happens. At away games, it people just, it, it don't because they know. It happen that, everywhere to the extent I don't no, think. I, 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 the thing is, because you know, you're watching everywhere. You're watching why, everywhere. Why, I do a couple. We, we watch, um, we've normally stuck up for the fans on this because what it's normally been... When the players are just turning it in and you think... And I've, I've left myself plenty of times early when Villa come up and put four past us in the first half because the players aren't putting it in. And you just think, why should I give you something when you're not giving us anything? But it's just... I, I just thought it was worth asking the question because it was noticeable to me. But I think, I think Gareth's right. People, always, so well. could be, people are always going to leave. I mean, that's... that's you, you, you know, you're not going to get 100% attendance right through to the end of the game. People will always leave. I don't think... This season, it's as big a problem as it's been in the past. I mean, last season, it was clearly a massive problem because... Totally different. For, for, for yeah. Totally different scenario. Yeah. Now you've got a team that's winning and, and you know, everyone's enjoying it again. But I don't, I don't get the impression at the end of games at the Stadium of Light that thousands have left. I don't, it, does, it doesn't seem to me to be, you know, as, a, as an issue that's a, a big issue at the moment. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I... I, I to be honest, I know... I'm there, so... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That, that's what I think yeah. about. It's like, well, I'm there, I'm, I'm going, it's not something that's I, it. You know, like I'm not, I said, if, if you want to leave early, then that's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't think anybody's criticising anybody. I think when you're winning, worth, I think when you're winning and you, you know, you're 3 lot, people think, I'll just nick off. You know, I mean, with five minutes to go, I get, I get. Do you the not think thing. we're going to score another one though? I was staying behind. I was staying at the end, thinking I, I, we might I get mean, a fourth. Obviously, thing. I'm not going to get up and leave, yeah. but that you should. <laughs> <laughs> I did get the feeling there might have been a fourth actually on Saturday. I didn't. Well, I wouldn't. I, I mean, but my personal like, I, I, I left early for one game this season. That was I left in the 92nd minute for the um, Carlisle game. I started walking down because we're right at the top and I walked Shocking out. Gareth, isn't it? Disgraceful. <laughs> it um, but do you know, so what? It's like. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I, it does baffle me a little bit, like logically, when it's like a tight game or it's nil nil or it's one nil. And it didn't happen in the Charlton game, to be fair. Or and the like Oxford people game. are like, and people leave or like ten minutes ago. I think it's something. Well, something I mean, the special, classic last special, the classic, the classic wasn't, was Ashton Gate, wasn't it? You're three nil down after seventy minutes, and I know <clears> people were leaving. Yeah. 
and the game ends three three. Well, they could have won it. That's, that's a but that's, but, the, but that's it, it, but yeah. But the, it's the exception that makes you the, 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 the exception that makes the argument. Well, don't leave because that might happen again. I mean, it's it, it, ridiculous games like that Newcastle Arsenal game yeah, yeah. four 0 at half time. People leave. Yeah, the people who and become famous four, are the ones who are like, I'm the one who left you, at half time. Yeah, but yeah. you go, but then that's why you don't leave early because you're always at the back of your mind. It's like, you know, dare I say it, I mean, Leicester City, you know, for all the tragedy of that, it's the Leicester City winning the Premier League. People still go to football because they dream that their team can emulate Leicester City. It's nigh on probably never going to happen. But you always, every season, if you're in the Premier League, think, actually, I wonder if this season... We've all said it's hope that keeps you going. It's a, hope, yeah. it's a hope that does you in it's, as well. It's, you know, it's it's you know the. I think the, the funny thing about the the Bristol City one was uh, I was also I was thinking like there'll be people who've gone away this season and seen us get battered every week, and some of them probably would have left thinking I'm you know I'm sick of this, and then they've missed out on that, which is you know I'm one I I wouldn't criticise them for walking out. I mean I'd understand why, but at the same time it's like to feel for them really because. It's only a consequence of the situation, but this year, it's a different, whole different thing, isn't it? And I, I wouldn't say that I've, like you, Nick. I wouldn't say this season I've been going. Oh, there's a lot of people leaving, but maybe just where I sit, maybe I can't see. It's only happened in the two games we won three 0 which is which is interesting. So it's sure well, so the yeah, people, yeah, it's actually people think that's done. But anyway, um, while she is saying our Sunderland now that juggernaut that Ian Holloway described us as well, the, the, the spoke was it, about thirty seconds. There was another. Again. There was another comment in the highlights which were Sunderland ominously positioned, and I thought that was, I thought that was. Fair, I thought. I, I, I bet the I think, team's going. Oh, I think we're, ominously we're, we're, yeah. positioned is better than juggernaut. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think Sunderland are a juggernaut at the minute by any stretch of the imagination, but I think ominously positioned is apt. Frankie Francis, who's part of the Wiseman's here team, is saying. But, well, what um, she is as well. Well, but I know he's had a question. But this is interesting, though. Why don't you, Fra- why don't you turn up? Frankie's saying, um, can you change a winning side to bring Magic back in? But Frankie, you're doing the preview show. On Thursday, yeah. that's a question you right. need to be asking your you guests that on off. that show. So I'm gonna, we're not gonna go through that, and we're gonna let you do that. The second point he makes is, what should be played the ground after a win? Because of course they played uh, paint your wagon again for the first time this season. There's been a lot of debate about the music uh, pre-match, um, which I, I like, by the way. I like high tempo. Well, when, when I go to when I cover any, it's any, high any... tempo. I mean, Charlie Methuen's at pains again at the week before the weekend to say, look, yes, he knows the music can be divisive. He knows that there are be a percentage that don't like it. But the point he's making is this high tempo. Mm. I mean, the irony at the weekend, of course, was because of the, quite rightly, the commemorative, the laying of the wreath, we have all that high tempo build up and then suddenly the the bubble was burst because we had to have the minute silence. But generally, you know, in matches, I can see the point he's trying to make. You're Mm. trying to get that, Adrenaline. Pump. I like it. The pre-match music. I like it. It needs to be turned up. It needs to be louder. McCabe, if you're listening, get it up. Yeah, Turn need, it up. You need to get the the drop right as well in the prodigy song because it, <laughs> if it goes on too long, it doesn't work. You got to get the drop when they come out the tunnel. Post match, Stephen, sort post, yourself out. <laughs> post match, um, I do like paint your wagon, and because it not just because it's tradition, but when we win a game that's just what you think of and that mm. tune comes in and everybody gets up and everybody starts clapping and it gives you a, such a feel good fact it needs to turn up again it was too quiet but personally if Charlie was to, to listen to this or anything like that I think the pre-match music spot on but Paint Your Wagon I think 
Um, I don't know. I why think people he, appreciated that. I don't know why he, he decided that that wasn't the right thing. I mean, what? I mean, is it the one afterwards? I think we played a few times. Is it um, KC and the Sunshine Band or something that comes on? After? I can't even remember what the game is. I can't remember. I mean, I, like, I tend not to be able to hear it because it's a bit. <laughs> perhaps it's just, just like a, a little bit of lack of knowledge, or isn't it? Because I paint your wagon. Um, it is synonymous. It ties in yeah. with the chant that the Sunderland even, fans have, doesn't it? I can't even remember when it, they started playing it, but it feels like they always have, and I think that's the. Well, we that, start. That's the different. That's from why it's my memory, we started singing that under Peter Reid when the stadium first opened. Was around the time. I can't even. I don't. We haven't played that song since. No, then, but no, the fans sang, started chant. We're on yeah. our way. I think it might. Maybe it was the first time at Rocker Park. I, Maybe it it must was, be under Keane where we started playing afterwards. But Peter, but Peter Reid was manager when we started singing that. Might have been under a rock apart the first time we got us promoted. But has it not happened all all the time this year? Nah, has it no, not? Definitely not. Definitely not. Somebody, I, I think it's it's been. It, but that's what point. It feels like it's always been there, but I don't think it has. Um, but yeah, it was not. It was weird because when it was back on, I didn't realise, and it clicked. They are oh, they playing it again. Mm. I know. I did notice, and everybody started clapping. Yeah, and yeah. Got up. And yeah. It, it did feel it as though it, 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 it was an audible like um, acceptance that, oh, great, this is back, and everyone had mm. that. That. Yeah, I can understand them wanting to change things, but I, th- I think that's one. Sometimes it's best just to leave some things alone. <laughs> um, we have a question from Michael Bowers, I think, who was saying we don't want to. Um, just write off the Port Vale Cup game, but could the FA Cup be a distraction? No, season? I don't. I don't when totally, you I'm totally, well, I'm totally on the opinion. If you look at um, teams that get do well in the um, Checker Trade Trophy, FA Cup, even the League Cup, they generally are the teams that are top of the table. Wigan last year, Wigan, even Shrewsbury last season, albeit they fell at the last hurdle in both the Wembley appearances they they made. They were one of the top sides, and they they got to. You know, a check trade final. They got to a playoff final. I, I think if if you've got momentum, you want to be winning games, and and it's fantastic for everybody if you have a cup run. Right. And, and I think also this season. I mean, in the points being made last week, Charlie Methan again saying when you look at the financial side of things, look, a year or two ago you could write off something like the check trade trophy, but now you're winning. If you win a game, you get ten thousand pounds. If you get to Wembley, it could mean a million pounds to the club. That's a but massive amount trade, of money now. Quid. Overall, over well, it, through I the mean, I've, I'm an merchandising and the tickets and so on. I mean, it's you know that is big money now at this level with the revenues that Sunderland. Well, have I got. think it would be at nice. End, you know, you said some, it's season. almost underplayed what Sunderland are doing, and I yeah. think an FA Cup run would 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 prove to people. So yes, let's go and try and win the league. Let's go and try and win the checker trade. But if Sunderland were to get a fifth round quarterfinals of an FA Cup, then people would take notice and say, actually, I, I, you know, I, they, they're steamrolling everybody in their division and they're doing well, and, and it would. Make and people I think, take I think Jack Ross is right. He's got um, a squad which, if it's managed right, is good enough. I, I think you've got a squad now. And we've been talking about earlier about players like O'Neill and Ozturk yeah. and players that are not in the first 11, but they're certainly good enough to be in the first 11. To see, to a point. Obviously, if you, he's not. Well, in that game, I'm sure Flanagan, uh, Flanagan McLaughlin had playing goal, but you could put Reuter in. And then you'd have. I think put you right could in. have Ozturk and Leuvens at the back if he's fit. And then you'd have potentially Love and um, I don't think um, he'd change. I don't think he'd change. But I'm saying you could. Yeah. You could, you could go, but you could I don't think. You, I don't think he will. I'm I think it'll be. Point. You could have Love mm, yeah. and um, Ovi Hiddle coming in, and then you could have 
Mumba, say McGeoch and O'Nine in the middle. Yeah. You could put McGeady on one side, um, whoever on the other, and, and then even you know, Kim Pioca. I mean, it's, yeah, Kim Pioca. You, you know, but I don't think he will. So I think options. he will play a strong team. I think. I, I mean, Jack Ross has always said from the start, it's the same principle he had in Scotland that he tra- treated all cups with respect. And I think he's done exactly that this season already. We've seen the teams he's well, put Carlisle, out. I think the Carlisle game was uh, Carlisle was a evidence. very good example of it. Um, and, and he knew in, in doing that and in winning that game, they're one foot into the second round of the Checker Trade Trophy. And I think he'll play a strong team at Port Vale. Oh, I really want to win that trophy. I really want to win the Checker <laughs> I, I never thought, I never you, thought I'd honestly, see Honestly, when you have a day out at Wembley in that exactly. trophy, it is absolutely It's the best chance. Fantastic. The best chance, realistically, that we'll have of to getting go to, to a, a Wem- cup and final win it. in the next... And, and win it. Five years, mm. easy. Like the most realistic we'll have, because technically, if people are saying and, and we, it's a bit, a bit like saying Man City or Arsenal, Man United or Chelsea, would get into the cup final. It's the same because it's for that level. We are the Man City or Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United of that of that level. People dismiss it because the name of the you know because it's got a sponsor's name. It's slightly ridiculed, but better you know, than the Carabao that, that, Cup. Well, yeah, and better. If you look if you look back through finals and the crowds that some of them have drawn. Um, Oxford when they were there with Coventry, what was it, fifty thousand plus? You know, the, the Sunderland would you would have a gate at Wembley, oh, fifty or sixty thousand. We get fifty thousand tickets. In Imagine if the final was Coventry, uh, was Sunderland Portsmouth or something like that. I mean, that would be a sellout. Full, yeah. I mean, I know that. Going I'd rather back. somebody not as good as Portsmouth. In the well, you would. So you got yeah. Then Shrewsbury lost to a, a League Two side in the final last year, yeah. um, but. Going back to something that I remember, Roy Keane when we won the league in in um, the last time he got promoted from the lower division in 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 the in the championship under Roy Keane, we didn't have the didn't have the trophy on the pitch, we didn't have the the parade, um, and we've spoken the sleeves about that a few times, and he's regretful of that because you know the players should celebrate their achievements. I would say the same at this level, and I hope. If we do get into a position where we can get promoted or we do go up, at the end of this season, if we've got a bus going through the town and Jack Ross is on top of that bus and he's got the League One Championship in one hand and the Checkered Trade Trophy in the other, it doesn't matter what division you level you're playing at. People talk about it, oh, it was great. Years, oh, it was a fantastic season, that one. You know, I remember we won two trophies... People can laugh or whatever, you know, you know, pathetic league one and all this, your club's dead, you know, people down the road, tell you what, we might well be playing each other next season, so, you know, with a Halloween round the corner, um, you might be playing a ghost, because if, if we if we are dead, if we are in the same well, division. I mean, going back to the open top bus tour, I remember a friend of mine used to play for Burnley when they finished second bottom of the football league, and I can't remember who it was, it actually got relegated that year, but anyway, they finished second bottom of the football league, and they had an open top bus tour of Burnley. And I make Peter say, I can't believe it. He said, we're the worst, vir- virtually the worst team in the Football League and we had an open bus top, <laughs> open top bus tour, he said, to celebrate. It'd be an interesting it's- debate. One again, I think, close at the end of the season if things look like that because Stephen Elliott's made some interesting comments on that, how Roy Keane decided not to do it. Um, well, he felt I, that they hadn't. I could understand that. I'll be achieved honest. anything because they yeah. were playing in the division. Yeah, very Roy but, then, but then Elliot made a Roy point King. saying, "Oh, very Roy." Elliot made a point saying a lot of those players would never have an opportunity to do that. It'll be the same. It'll be the same at this level. We'll have a conversation about that. Hopefully, in the time because we don't want to get no, ahead no, of ourselves no, no, as well. I just want to say, just to wrap things up on the whole um, leaving early debate. 
Um, we're back to that, are we? No, no, just because this. I thought this, we left. This tweet was the best one. Ian Lane. <laughs> Ian Lane needs. Bondy's on the way out. Ian Lane needs a mention on this. He's um, always, because the, he, he, he said he, he is a troll. He can't. He, listen, he, he, he don't know if he listens or not. He, he loves slagging us off. No, he's not slagging us off here. He's saying um, he does, he's I not, can't understand. He he's can't, got a led, an edge to him. He can't understand when people leave, like when it's tight, because it is bizarre. However, he did miss Defoe's volley oh, against yeah. the Mags because he went down. Ian, I feel for you well, there. And he still goes down in 40 minutes because he has the a worst, The worst example It's not quite how we worded it, but that's what long, he means. Long-time listener, Dean Henderson, if you're out there listening. He'll be on holiday somewhere. Probably. But the, that's the worst example of that is he missed Fabio Barini's goal in the cup final because he went to the toilet. <sighs> I can't even... <laughs> he he needs a check a trade trophy final more than anyone. I I was in the toilet when he nearly scored his, his second brain, actually. Right. Imagine if we'd scored that, because everyone would be, oh, he's offside, he wasn't my offside. I, I, think well, this is, I think this is going down an avenue. I think we'd best try and wrap things up. No, Wembley, turn it round. When, when is it? April, the check trade will be fine. Yeah, around about then. Yeah, We're going to wrap around. things up, because uh, I need to be off, actually. Just being honest. It's very important. Just being honest there, you know. It's, it's not professional broadcasting, so I can say that. Right. We'll be back on Thursday with Frankie Will. Thanks to everybody who came to the Peacock uh, before the game. Mm. Kieran Brady was in. Uh, like, people like Turner Wigan game come they like his beard more than him these days yes, sensational that beard I couldn't it believe it. we didn't know it was him when he walked in <laughs> so thanks for coming along to that and thanks for listening Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.